producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. All right, let it be known for the record right away as we get the show started that I really like cheese. I have really liked it my entire life. It's one of my favorite foods. I love it individually. I love it on top of stuff. It's one of my favorite things. I grew up in a Greek household, guys, and we had feta cheese more often than like American and cheddar cheese. And if you've ever had feta cheese, it can be a little bit of an acquired taste, but I had it pretty much since I was a baby and I gobbled it up. I loved it. I love the cheese curds at the mousetrap when I go to the state fair, even like getting those uh, even raw sometimes. You know, because you can get that little squeak on those cheese curds. I like that, too. What else do I like? Oh, my gosh, guys. Right now, Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell anyway, but they brought back the grilled cheese burrito. And if you are a cheese fan, it's literally heaven. They've got a three-cheese blend on top of the burrito itself. It's smothered over it. It's like a warm, thick, gooey blanket, and it's so good. And then inside the burrito itself is even more cheese and beef and rice and some strips in there, I think, too. Some sour cream. It's incredible. Point is... I like cheese. You could even say that I love cheese, but your bowels must hate you, man. They actually are pretty good. That's actually kind of why I like cheese so much is because you know what? I I, I can eat it. I don't know. But you know what my favorite kind of cheese is? The one that gets his ass kicked up and down Chicago Avenue for four quarters on a sunny Sunday, September afternoon to kick off week one of the NFL regular season. Let's go. Welcome into Taxi Squad, everybody, a Score North original podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jason Stormer, uh, one of the hosts of the show, and I'm joined by the usual suspects today. In the comforts of his abode, he's joining a beer, uh, enjoying a beer right now as well. We got AJ Fredrickson. What's up, man? How are you? How are you today? I'm, I'm good. It's that one and all feeling. It's uh, Walt, and we, the nice part is I think we all get to share the one and all feeling today because the other co-host yes. is Mr. Artist Woods, and yes, his, yes, uh, his his Eagles. Uh, who did who, who, you play? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> oh, we played Detroit. We played Detroit. Detroit. So one, yeah. thank you for the win against Detroit. Not that I don't I don't think they're really going to be a threat in the NFC North come weeks, you know, 10 plus. But um, congrats to you and the rest of the Eagles. Fly, <laughs> Eagles, fly. We throw I, cans of beer at children. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but hi, uh, artists. How are you? Welcome. Well, I'm great. That's a nice little intro, but I'm doing yes. great. I'm also like... AJ said, enjoying the one and no feeling. Didn't really come the way I anticipated, but I'll take a win. A win is a win in a, in a National Football League. A win is a win in sports in general. So I'm feeling good as well. I'm feeling really looking forward to today's show for obvious reasons. I'm pumped up, as you can this tell. This is going to be a great one. This Especially because be I got one. to talk about cheese for most of the time. I am quite the <laughs> fan. I am quite the fan, as you can tell. We can yeah. tell. 23-7, uh, to 7, final score. A complete whooping of the Green Bay Packers by the Minnesota Vikings. It was pretty much... I don't know, one of the most carefree and more laid-back Viking Packer games I've ever like witnessed in my fandom, I think. I, I just remember pretty much from the opening, Rodgers looked really uncomfortable, and it just, I don't know, a lot of things went the Vikings' way. But, guys, we got to talk about the topic of the game because I think it just set the tone right away because it happened so early, and it just epitomized every question that the people have had about the Green Bay Packers coming into this season. That uh, drop by uh, Christian Watson. Oh, Oh, where where were you guys when when for the trap? Where where were you? Oh, my I gosh. was in the living room watching. 
Um, oh. Just kind of just enjoying the game. And I mean, he he got Pat P. Yeah, I love he just start by saying that. He, he definitely caught Pat P slipping. Um, got him on a nice route there. And it looked like it was like a, almost like a, a slight little stop and go. Because it wasn't just it was a fly a route. It was a nice little stop and go. And burned him. And it went, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So he put the ball right in his hands. And I was just like, okay. I still think Christian Watson is going to be pretty good. But, yeah, you could, oh. you could tell right away, like you said, that kind of set the tone for the game. Because Aaron Rodgers' face was like, well, I told you so. <laughs> like It's like he just looked at the camera. like He looked directly at the camera like, I told y'all, yeah. like, these boys are not catching the football for me right now. So I tried. <laughs> he just had that look on his face like, I tried. Uh-huh. It is what it is. <laughs> I know Alan Lazard is out, but still, it's just because how quickly did that happen in the game, too? Was that within, like, the first I half thought was, of the first that was quarter? The first play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First That's right, because the, Viking, the Vikings went down and scored, and yeah, it was, man, oh, man. It just, yeah, you hope he bounces back, and I know he caught two more passes after that, and I think one of those was like a 25-yard gain, so, you know, obviously Rodgers went back to him, but. It took a while. It, it took him a while. Uh, which, understandably so, and maybe that will need to be more trust that's built over the rest of the season, but I just think that play epitomized every question that people had about the Packers and what exactly their wide receiver core was going to be. Um, with Al Lazard out, that only was amplified even more so. But at this point, if you're Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I'm sure they're obviously addressing it. And they got the Bears coming up this week. So maybe that will be a, a fix-it game. Maybe, except, you know what? The Bears in that Soldier Field slop got a ton against the 49ers. And I know not a lot of people expected that to happen, too. So, um, But, I mean, this has also just been so – there's been so much overreaction today, too. And, obviously, we're overreacting to the Christian Watson drop. doesn't really mean that his career is going to end up, you know, in the likes of, you know, Troy Williamson. Unfortunately, you can't <laughs> help to, but to think of Troy Williamson when you see a drop like that. But, again, hopefully it bounces back. But it, it's been amazing the last couple of days, guys, just reading articles, looking at Twitter, seeing just people like Stephen A. Smith ranking the Vikings as one of his top five teams after week one. And I know it's week one and everything like that. And this is the peak of people just making blasphemous statements and making everything hyperbole. But I don't know. Are you guys buying into the hype after this first game or are you willing to, you know, tread a little bit more lightly? What do you uh, think? You want to take this, AJ? No, I'll let you lead it. I want to hear what you think, and then I'll kind of jump in out here. I am, I, I, I understand mm. the hype. Is what I will say. Mm-hmm. I understand the hype because they look, they look damn good. They look damn good. We finally got to see our first looks at Kevin O'Connell's offense, and it was special, man. I think that the thing that stood out to me is probably the most obvious thing: Justin Jefferson. And how he's able to just disguise him wherever he is in the offense. You throw him on the outside. You throw him in a slot. You throw him in the backfield. Like it, it doesn't matter. Justin Jefferson is hard to find, but he always ends up wide open. I think oh. the announcer on one of the on his like first or second touchdown said that like, how did he get so open? It's like that's O'Connell, and like it's literally like a, a spitting image of what we see from Cooper Cup and the Los Angeles Rams. He's literally always wide open so that stood out to me the run pass balance really or um yeah run pass balance really stood out to me is obviously pass first and I love that Kirk seemed very comfortable Mm. within this offense they seemed excited they seemed hyped and 
they they suffocated Green Bay. I might I, I should have left my prediction at twenty one zero. Like I would have been closer. Yeah, I would have been closer. We, we all should have gone under. I mean, for man, sure. we were all in the twenties. And but man. but again, this is what Green Bay does. They notoriously start so slow. This was yes. New Orleans last year. We mentioned that. Yes, and and that's the thing I was going to say. You know, obviously, you know, there's no Devontae Adams. There was no Alan Lazard. I mean, their leading pass catcher was AJ Dillon. So I mean, that kind of yeah. tells you a lot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they were missing their left and right guard, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and so there's a lot of things to also consider, which has me kind of pulling back just a tad. Like, all right, I don't know about the Super Bowl hype. Huh. I do think they're going to make the playoffs. I do feel like they'll win at least a playoff game. I Like, how I feel about them hasn't really changed a lot. I'm sure we'll get into this later on in the show. It does have me a little nervous about this game on Monday. Ooh, I will admit yes. that. I love to hear I that I will admit you. that. As an Eagles fan, I am a little nervous about that game on Monday. Um, but as far as the hype, I, I get it. You know, it's week one. If we're reacting after week one, just solely after week one, they just took down a team that people still believe can go to the Super Bowl. So it's understand. The hype is understandable because it's like you took down that team. Maybe they can go to the Super Bowl. Maybe they can make a run at this. So I, I get it. I can't fully back it, <laughs> but I can say I, I definitely get it. I just need to see this continue. Fair. Now, now I'm upset that I let you go first because that's like my exact take. Like, <laughs> I, I am very much in the. They look super good, and you know you beat the rival week one and all that. But similar to the Bears 49ers game, the 49ers are a much better team. I Definitely. I will take them if they play that game again and the, the conditions are a little bit better they're going to win 100% of the time. They are just a better football team at the end of the day. Same thing I think with this. Not in the sense that the Packers are a better team but they were hindered so much by not having a not that a guy like uh Randall Cobb isn't trusted by Aaron Rodgers but he's well out of his prime. Their main guy, Alan Lazard, was not playing. Their offensive uh, linemen, they, like I think, uh, left, right, left, and right guard were both missing. That's not great for them. So I like to have uh, Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter both get a chance, to, like really breeze into the season with that. But you know, if you're if you're gonna say like, oh, 23-7, they're Super Bowl contenders. They're going to the NFC Championship game. Let's let's slow the roll a little bit. Let's pump the brakes just a tad. <laughs> I want to see what they do week two. Because I think Philly, despite having their hands full, no offense, with Detroit in week one. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> they, oh, boy. There's a much better team than Detroit. But it's week one. No, I don't. You can't formulate, and this is tough because we do a show right after it but you can't formulate a strong solidified opinion on anything until at least week two i think week three is completed people are still trying stuff out like the vikings they're still learning the offense if you come to me any rational person justin jefferson is not catching for 184 yards against anybody every single week that's just not going to happen you're telling mm-hmm. me that he, they're going to let him waltz up and down the field wide open for 184 yards every single week for 17 weeks? Not a chance. And also, if you think Adam Thielen's only going to get three catches for 36 yards every week, it's it's just a weird it's a weird system I think that they had because Green Bay, despite having 
I, I think, a really good defense. They've been touted as a really good defense. Jair Alexander didn't get one-on-one coverage against Justin Jefferson all that often. It's he didn't. For zone coverage most of the time, which led to these wide open gaps where even when under pressure, Kirk is going to look up field and there is 18, a lot of green grass around him, not a lot of white jerseys. So I'm not, I'm not super sold on it. You're not going to have Justin Jefferson have his average reception at 20 yards per catch. That's yeah. not going to happen every week. No. Um, so I do want to see what they do week two against the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be a formidable test because they're just a good football team all around. And it's, it's a prime time game. It's the Philly atmosphere. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. Um, but I'm not necessarily sold that this team is running away with the division, <laughs> running away with the NFC. Let's go week by week and I'll come back to you. Like I said, I think after at least next week, because Monday night's game is going to be the first, not that, not that the Packers aren't a test because I think they are, I mean, they're a good team still at the end of the day. They just weren't the team that we expect them to maybe become. What is it? Week 16 when they play again. Yeah, somewhere around in there, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, week 16 when they play at Lambeau. um, We'll have to revisit it. But, I mean, there's going to be a lot of growing pains for this team coming through the rest of the season, and that's getting those guys like Christian Watson involved, Romeo Dobbs trusted by Aaron Rodgers, who Mm -hmm. he also, when you look at the all-22 footage, he just frankly didn't look that good. And I know – you have to respect Aaron Rodgers for who he is and his talent and everything that he's done. Cause you leave 30 seconds on the clock and 80 yards ahead of him. He's going to get the job done, but he just frankly did not look that good. He was like checking down at will most of the time when he felt a little bit of pressure and maybe kudos to the Vikings D line for really getting to him and pressuring him. But it looked like he was almost like rushing through because the trust just isn't there for a lot of these younger, newer wide receivers. And we already talked about you're missing Alan Lazard, who I wouldn't say is like the most dynamic guy you can have out wide, but he is an established wide receiver (laughs) for the green and gold. So um, this 27 to three or 23 to seven, excuse me, is I mean, it's amazing. I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to talk about it for a while. We're talking about it now. Um, It's awesome. It's a win. It's a big, important statement Mm -hmm. win. And to have them regarded now and kind of getting the notoriety that I think every Minnesota fan is like, yeah, that's right. Talk about my team. They're good. And you're, the other teams aren't. I'm, I like it because that's what every fan kind of wants. Um, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for week two. The Eagles are going to be a really good test. And I think we can assess it a little bit better come next week, uh, next week's show. Well, Aaron Rodgers kind of said it his himself. He came out and was just like, you know, the defense actually threw looks out there that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually prep for. So there's a combination of that, which kudos to the Minnesota Vikings defense and mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. So kudos to them on that. There's the non-trust factor amongst him and his receivers, starting with the drop pass. I mean, that's an immediate way to lose trust with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who mm-hmm. – an MVP guy, he doesn't, I mean, I know that he may not ever come out and be like, I look at the stat sheet, but when he got he throwing the ball to guys that's dropping the ball, I mean, he's, he might think, it might cross his mind. Like, All right, that's the incompletion. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, so there's <laughs> that going on. Um, like you said, the left guard, right guard missing, and then the defensive front of the Vikings, 
was clobbering that man. I, I There's a play that sticks out of my mind. I can't remember the exact time, but I just remember him scrambling to his left and it all collapsing around him and them literally crushing him. I think and he it was fumbled the ball. Eagle Jordan Hicks was that on that play? I believe so. I, can't, I know he. I, can't I know he got a real good lick on him. Yeah. One. Jordan Hicks had a really good game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went and like grabbed like my drink of the time, <laughs> my drink of the Delicious. hour. I went and grabbed my drink, and I came. I came back, and it was like mid play already, and wham! And I was like, whoa! And I, he took a while to get up, but it's just it's stuff like that that has me like, yeah, he was kind of. That's why I feel like that's why the checkdowns came, and that's why. He was just like, yeah, I'm not about to continue to take these. Are you crazy? I'm like, this is week one, and I'm getting smacked around the field. Yeah. Nah, I'm no. not doing this. It hurts hitting the turf like that. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned <laughs> if the Vikings can get Rodgers to just kind of dump it off into the flats to Jones and Dylan, which he did a lot of, then the Vikings were going to have a good chance. Also said, too, if the Vikings were able to hold both Jones and Dylan under 50 yards each, which they did, we'd have a very good chance. By the way, I don't think it's any coincidence whatsoever that Aaron Rodgers post game literally said that Justin Jefferson quote is the best player in the game today. And he kind of doubled down and went on Pat McAfee's show and praised him even more. So, hmm, kind of interesting. Rodgers is having issues with his wide receivers and then he goes and praises beyond the stars of his rivals wide receiver, star no, wide receiver. I, That's kind of interesting. He's, but, he's but it's all, I think I was going to say this Really? I was going to say the Absolutely. same thing. Really? Ooh, interesting. Wow. Because when Devontae wow. was playing for the Packers, he literally was like, he's the best player I've ever played with. Like, does he say that if Devontae Adams is still on his team? No, he's not saying that. Fair enough. He's saying that now because Devontae's gone and he's like, man, forget. And Justin Jefferson is great, but like the best player in the entire league that I, that 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 makes me think that's a shot at Devontae Adams. Do you, do you do you guys think right now that Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league? I still I still give the nod to Devontae Adams as of right now because I mean I, I mean, think he's a Devontae, close yeah. to I think I think I think JJ is a close oh, to Devontae had a great game. Devontae had a great he game. Did. It just JJ overshadowed everyone. everybody. Everybody. Yes. Um, I mean, we all know that J.J. can be the best receiver in the league by season's end for sure. But, of course, Devontae has a lot to prove going out to Vegas. And you know what? I frankly didn't make that connection that you guys just did, that Rodgers may be going at Devontae right there with a quote like that. That, oh, boy, Devontae hears something like that. All right, Derek, let's uh, throw that ball even more my way and let's show out even more. So yeah. we'll see how motivated. And then there's always like guys like Cooper Cup and stuff like yeah. that. So That quote yeah. was like the classic high school movie where <laughs> the couple breaks up and then it's like, Okay, they're coming down the hall. Like, like talk to me and act like I'm funny and laugh at my jokes. Uh, like, that was that was that. It was. Yeah. I'm gonna have a time. I know Devonte just because of our history. He's probably watching me lose. I want to. <laughs> I want to take a shot while I can. Show him that I. I'm going down. He's coming down with me. Yeah, right. Seriously. Exactly. But I. I, yeah, I right. Right now, I think Devonte is probably the the number one. JJ's a top three. Easy. I just don't yeah. think without a doubt now. I but think he, yeah. It, in this offense, the way Kevin O'Connell is mm-hmm. moving him literally all around the, like he's hard to shadow now. Mm-hmm. You can't it's, it's going to be hard to do. shadow. You don't know where he's going to be and if you're not a corner that can match up with him in a slot it's going to be tough. If you're not mm-hmm. a if you're not a corner that can line up with the linebackers because they got him running out of the backfield here and they're not running but lining up in the backfield, it's 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 going to be tough. Um, so yeah, with that being said, mm-hmm. by the end of the season, if he, if he continues this, 
Not, like AJ said, he's not going to mm-hmm. go for one, I think it was 140 or 184 in two touchdowns. I mean, it's not going to happen every week. But if he could do something similar, by the end of the year, it's going to be hard to say he's not the best. But just going off of what we've seen Devontae Adams do mm-hmm. for the course of his career leading up to this moment, you know, I'm a big fan of longevity. I'm a big fan of a guy has he's been doing this for this amount of time. Man. I can't put this, you know, I can't put the young gun above him just yet. I gotta wait and see how the season ends. But if JJ continues to do this, he I, it's gonna be hard to say he's not the best yeah. at this point. Yeah, Those to go Madden back, oh. real stupid right now. What was that? Those Madden developers are feeling real stupid right now. Ninety three. Oh, yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, to go back though to the original point uh, before we got on that tangent, um, I, I don't expect that these will be the Green Bay Packers the entire season. I don't expect them to be this bad. They will get healthier on the offensive line. Rodgers will find chemistry eventually with somebody with those receivers. It's just, yeah, they're just notoriously so starters. And until proven otherwise, I just have to assume that Matt LaFleur is going to be able to put up another good regular season because he's put up three fantastic regular seasons so far. Um, Back to the Vikings hype train really quick, though. I mean, yeah, it's super duper duper easy to ride aboard it because, again, we're talking about all the national coverage. It's been all over the place. Everybody's got got them top 10 in power rankings and everything like that. And there's so much to like. KOC is as good as advertised. I think we loved what we saw with the offense. Kirk looks very comfortable. The running game was mixed really well. I like that we saw a lot of Alexander Madison for good stretches of series to the point I was watching a game with one of my buddies, Joe, and he has Dalvin Cook on his fantasy team, and he was having moments. He's just like, why isn't Dalvin Cook in the game right now? Because Madison was getting those touches. Um, No sight of Ty Chandler, by the way. Which I'm not necessarily upset about that or anything like that. The running back, the running game was pretty darn solid as it was. I believe Dalvin got to 90 yards on 20 carries, and I know that Madison probably had like anywhere between five or seven. And so going into the half, really looking good. And then the start of the third quarter, you get that strip sack fumble on Rodgers. You get the ball in your own territory, and you think, all right, we're going to capitalize that on that. But then we get the field goal. And so this is where I'm going to turn maybe my only little bit of criticism towards Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings from this game is that the offensive pressure seemed to kind of fade away in the second half. We only scored six points. It was two field goals. And in that opportunity, when you strip sack Rodgers and you're already up 17 points, you can put the nail in the coffin right there if you get a touchdown. Because as we said, Rodgers was already looking pretty unmotivated in the first half anyway. You do that to him and you go down and score and you drive it down their throat like that, that's only going to put him in a worse mood and check him out even more, even though he probably was already checked out at to that point. So I am kind of bummed we weren't able to capitalize on that opportunity and then we only got another field goal later on. So the offense kind of was a little bit stalwart in the second half. But again, I think... Honestly, like the Packers shows no life that it just didn't think that the game was ever in question. So I don't think Vikings fans need to be too upset that the Vikings offense didn't show up in the second half. But you better believe I'm going to be kind of looking at that going into a few other games because that could potentially obviously be a problem. And this offense is as if it's as good as advertise, it's the key to this whole thing. And we obviously have to capitalize on more opportunities especially against division rivals like that, because you want to make as much of a statement as possible. And you really could have there, and you only got three points out of that. So that's, but, but that's pretty much the extent of my criticism for this game. Everything else was 
peachy. Um, I didn't really see any issues in terms of like any uh, things I saw with KOC coaching at all. Like I didn't see any issues with any timeouts or anything like that. Not like the game was really in a situation where timeouts had to be used in a strategic way or anything like that. Yeah. But across the board, I mean, this is a solid probably A minus. I would give them overall. Probably can't give them an A. Can't give them an A plus, but a solid A minus. And I just want to see a little bit more fight in those second halves. But again, it's the first week of the season. Yeah, I was going to say it's the the first week of the season. It's KLC's first first game coaching. Um, There's a lot of things to consider. The Green Bay Packers defense is no slouch. And they got killed in the first half, and they went into halftime and they made adjustments. They tightened up a little bit and made it harder on the Minnesota Vikings, which you kind of want. You want that offense to be tested. You don't want it to be always be as easy as it was in the first half. You want them to be tested. And they're still learning the offense. And so you got to throw all of those into consideration. They didn't see much preseason time as well. So, you know, you have moments where you're hot and then you have that moment where you're cold. But like you said, the most important thing is they had a decent lead already and they were already getting to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers already seemed checked out of the game, similar to how he did last year, week one, where he just like, okay, we lost this one. It's like Aaron Rodgers has, I'm sure he's like, I've accomplished so much that this first week is almost like another preseason game for me. Like I'm here, we didn't do the best, whatever, on the week two. So it's just a it's, it's which a is good such thing a dumb mentality to have against a divisional opponent oh, on the road, sure. especially sure. your most heated rival or your your most competitive one this season. For sure, for sure. But Get it's off like, I mean, the ayahuasca, man. To, to, to be honest, though, I mean the Vikings didn't give him much of a choice, but to have that <laughs> type of mindset, you know, like I mean, like I said, they were smacking him around the field, receivers dropping passes, um, the defense giving up. I forget how many points in the first half. Um, but at the end of the day, what seventeen in the first half? But at the end of the day, hey, <laughs> you you kind of have to chalk it up and say, hey, just let's let's move on to week two and see what we can do because he mm-hmm. doesn't know how the rest of the Minnesota Vikings season is going to turn out, and he knows that they'll see each other again week sixteen in Lambeau later down the road. So it was a solid win overall. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I I honestly I would give him an A for it. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to A minus. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to A plus because I mean it wasn't forty one to. Three, but you know, and that's what I want too. Like, right, but that's right. what I want against the Packers every single time. Of course, so that's of course. always my standard when we play Green Bay. Of, right, of they're, course, they're terrible. I hate them. <laughs> of course, mm. so love cheese though. Definitely, definitely. See, I, I wish I could like it a little more. I'm a little lactose, but that's a conversation oh. for another day. Okay, we can um, have that later. Yeah, yeah. Can't but wait. yeah, overall, like I said, I give them an A, and I thought that offense was. I thought it looked great, and you know, this is also a teaching moment for him as well. KLC can walk away with the win. Have things to rave about. Hey, look at this, look at what we did in the first half. We could do this all season long. This is what worked. This is what didn't. And then you could turn on the film from the second half and say, okay, guys, we need to work on this. Guys, we need to work on that. You know, teams are going to come back. Every team isn't going to be the Packers and fold like how they folded. Teams will come back. And we saw last season and in the past, the Vikings have been notorious for getting big leads and teams catching up mm-hmm. and it being hard for them to close football games. So it's a learning experience for them. And it's their first game. But, hey, a win against the Packers at home in the fashion that they won, hey, that, hey we'll you, you got to take it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind the change of pace personally in the second half because you you, you come out of the break, you're up 17 to nothing. You, they only have half a game to catch in. You're playing the same game as them, right? Let's mm-hmm. get, let's take it to the ground. Let's yeah. let's, let's, they did. Yeah. let's kill the clock. And I, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I know they ran the ball more than they did right 
in the which, in the which I agree with that play time. calling too. It's just you had that fumble in their own territory, and I just, I really you wanted them just, to be aggressive. I, I wanted to just which they were. I'm sure they they were on those plays. It just didn't work out. But it's just it's just a missed opportunity. That's all. My thing is, what if there's a pick? What if you mm-hmm. try to be aggressive and they get a pick, and all of a sudden, oh, we oh, we we get points here, and then not only do we get a pick to get momentum, now we scored off that pick to get more momentum, and now it's a two possession game and we still got a quarter and a half to play or something like that. Let's I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. Cause I don't think maybe their game plan leading up to week one was we're going to be up 17 to zero at half. Right. It probably, they, they were like, this is going really well, guys way to go. And then they were like, all right, so we didn't plan to maybe be up 17 at the half. What do we want to do? Well, what's the typical thing you do in football? You run the ball more, so mm-hmm. right. it worked. I mean, you only, they yeah. you allowed seven. They only in the second half they lost the second half seven to six, but that doesn't matter because all you had to do is preserve a seventeen point lead, and they did that. So I'm I'm personally fine with changing of the, the change yeah. of pace, slowing it down. Um, I'm not gonna like knock them for being not as aggressive because you don't need to go full throttle the entire game. Like you have to be smart, and I think that's what Kevin O'Connell did because. How often do you hear Kirk Cousins described as a game manager? Every nine out of ten sentences. I'd rather have the coach be the game manager, the guy you know right. who's mm-hmm. managing the game. Not I don't. I want the quarterback <laughs> to go out there and sling it. You know. So let's let's take the managing mm-hmm. part out of his hands. Let KOC wear that burden, and then, I mean, you're you're set up for success. So I'm yeah. I'm fine with it. I I think it was. Uh, I think it was a fun night. It was a fun oh, night. Oh, yeah. And I fully admit, my greed is making a mountain out of a molehill on this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I just want to beat the Green he Bay wants, Packers and stomp in his pot. I want to stomp them out. Yeah, and that. there was an opportunity to stomp them out even harder. I know they were pretty much dead and buried. Uh, dead and buried. It was pretty much that Simpsons mean, stop, stop, he's already dead. I know, pretty much. That's just me, Nelson, just beating away at the Packers. I get that. But, Can't again, I'm just all about statements. I'm all about statements, and uh, that could have been a pretty dang good statement right there. But again, it, it was a an A effort all around by the coaching staff, by Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I think people are ranking even Kirk as like their top potential quarterbacks now for the rest of the season. I know mm-hmm. that he had a darn near perfect rating on, oh, I forget what the specific stat was. but Oh, he, he, uh, was it? I you saw it, it too. We, we tweeted it out. We tweeted it out. I just forgot what it was. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was under pressure. That's yeah. what it was. It was under pressure. I don't know to like what extent their pressure was. Yeah, PFF mm-hmm. uh, had him number one. Oh yeah, with a, a score of eighty two point six, which yep. is interesting because Kirk has always, you know, most of the time when Kirk is under pressure, it has not turned out no. the best. He's normally the best when he has a, a clean pocket to throw in. So that was also <sighs> pretty surprising as well. Speaking of that clean pocket, I thought that looked pretty darn good most of the time. Yeah, um, I. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I don't know if maybe you're watching Garrett Bradbury more so than I am, but I didn't really notice too many. He wasn't bad. No, I don't know what his PFFs. Actually, I thought I did maybe see his PFF score. I think he was in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, we, Which, I mean, if he, he can finish on the top half of 50, that's pretty darn good for Garrett Bray. Yeah, 59.5. Ed Ingram had a, a 79.3. Um, Brian O'Neill had a score in the 80s as well. I don't know how Cleveland or Derrissaw did. He, but he that, wasn't noticeable. That's what right, we were saying. Right, and exactly. that's a good thing. 
Yeah, exactly. He wasn't a liability. Really, nobody on that offensive line was. Ed Ingram, I mean, that's a rookie going into his first game ever. You never really know, especially against a pretty darn good Packer pass rush with uh, Devondre Campbell and Rashawn Gary and those guys, too. Um, kind of was wondering where my guy Irv Smith Jr. was the whole game. I understand he missed a lot of time and we got to work him back in, but there were a lot of targets. Johnny Munt, uh, Ben Ellison got in there, too. I believe Johnny Munn had like the first like three or four catches from the tight end position. It was pretty dang noticeable. But again, Irv's got to get back into the swing of things. But hopefully he can get more involved against the Eagles. Let's hope. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. Again, just, you know, first game, first game. That's what you got to chalk it up to. You know, he's fresh off of injury. And, you know, maybe maybe the game plan wasn't to go to him that much because he's fresh off of injury. Maybe this is like, okay, get out there, get your feet wet, get some blocking game, run some routes, you know, get hit a little bit out there. Um, and, and get ready for week two kind of thing. That's honestly the kind of mindset I would have had, especially after, I mean, J.J.'s lighting it up. And, you know, I mean, like, why why not continue Man, to just go to J.J.? Like, we haven't I, even you know, said the name Adam Thielen yet I, or uh, K.J. Osborne. We I haven't mean, mentioned either receiver yet. Because, and, yeah. you know, K.J. had a mid – I don't know what uh, Thielen's PFF score was. I'm looking at K.J.'s right now. That was in the 50s. Um, I'm, I think Thielen was definitely better than that. He was probably either in the 60s or the 70s. But it was just – it was a J.J.-dominated game. But I still would like to see Irv get more involved. I just, I really wonder how long that process is. I'm curious how far behind he is mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, from all the indications, watching the press conference clippings and hearing whatever KOC or Irv, Irv himself says, I mean, they see, they, it seemed like everything was a full go for week one, but. You know, that is coach speak, that maybe players speak as well. That's obviously not sometimes what actually will happen in the game. Um, so hopefully he gets targeted a little bit more. But I'm, he will. I, I was concerned that the backup tight ends may have been an issue, but Munt had no problems catching those balls, not like uh, Zach Davidson did in the preseason. That looked mm. like that was that looked like it was going to be a disaster if he made the 53. Ben Ellison looked good too. So if it does take a little bit, Longer for Irv to get going, which one was one of my biggest concerns for this offense. I felt a little bit more reassurance watching those guys. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I feel the same way. I thought I thought they looked good. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked good. They 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 again, they weren't noticeable. So <laughs> to me, when, when you're I, when you aren't noticeable for the wrong reasons, I think you're doing a dang good job. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, go ahead. Just, uh, no, I was just about to like start digging into the Eagles here. Oh, I was, I, I'm I was, ready to start flying. Let me, baby do, fly. let me do the else? honors. Let oh, me yes. do the honors. Oh, that's where I was headed because okay. you know we are flying into week two. Yeah, we're scrolling um, in, baby. So Let's for, go. <laughs> for those who did not see the Philadelphia Eagles game, I'm sure most people did not. They did beat the Detroit Lions by a score of 38 to 35. Jalen Hurts had a decent day, um, 243 yards. He had a rushing touchdown. A.J. Brown had a day, oh. 10 receptions, 155 yards, didn't get in the end zone, was very close on a couple of different occasions, but that did not happen. Um, the Eagles look good on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, however, the Eagles went up 31-14, to seemed like they let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and Detroit made them pay, made it a game that I don't think – at least Eagles fans you expected underestimated them. Detroit. I definitely we underestimated Detroit and what they were. They came out. They they played with a lot of fire. They played with a lot of heart. They were down thirty one to to fourteen, and they continued to run the ball. They stuck to their game plan. The Eagles allowed one hundred and forty four yards and a touchdown from DeAndre Swift. Two touchdowns oh. from Jamal Williams. Mm. Um, Jared Goff had a decent day. He did throw an interception, but he had two hundred fifteen yards, two touchdowns. So, with all of that being said, guys, how given the way the Eagles looked, given the way the Vikings looked, how is everybody feeling heading into week two? What is your expectations? What do you guys believe will happen? 
Well, I oh, go ahead, AJ. After you, um, this will be an even. I'm really thrilled, actually, how these games are lining up at the beginning of the season for the Vikings, because even though like maybe we can't call the Packer game a true test because, I mean, we'll see how good the Packers are, even though we expect them to be a little bit better. But still, the environment, no matter what, because Vikings-Packers always charged up. you got to be on your P's and Q's about that kind of stuff. And then you go into Week 2, really as hostile of an environment as you can get in primetime football, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And especially because, I mean... Look, I mean, there's there's some nightmares for Vikings fans in Philadelphia. You know, the NFC Championship wasn't that long ago, and that's still fresh for a lot of people. So when we go to Philadelphia, even though I believe in Kirk Cousins' first season with the Vikings, it was the year after the NFC Championship came, we did go to Philadelphia, and we did beat you guys. So, like, maybe we exercise some demons there. But still, I know that my sp- I get a little shiver down my spine when I think about going to Philadelphia again. <laughs> I just don't want to get hit with a beer can or anything like that. Um even though uh, the Packers have a really good secondary with Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and stuff like that, the Vikings really exposed them, at least at the reasons the Packers played the zone cover instead of the man for whatever reasons. But the cornerbacks for, for Philly are pretty dang good, too. And especially you guys um, traded for that guy from the Saints. You got Quandre yeah. Diggs, who is just he, – he's – it is Quandre Diggs. No, 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 no. no, no the no, guy no. from the Saints is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But who is – do you still have Diggs, the cornerback? No, no. We have Sorry. Uh, James Bradbury. That's who it is. That's who it is. Yeah, James Bradbury so, from the Giants. So I think the so I think the receiving court could get a little bit more of a test here in Philadelphia. But what I'm really mostly scared about is that Jordan Davis looks legit. Jordan Davis looks legit, and you can talk more about him. Fletcher Cox is over there, too. And Fletcher Cox, I feel like he's been in the league for 20 years, man, and he's still so good. He's like Calais Campbell. He's like an ageless wonder. He's just so, so good. And so I'm I'm a little bit actually more worried that the Philly defense is going to give the Vikings offense more of a test than the Green Bay defense did. What do you guys think? AJ, I'll let you take it. Um, I guess my – I think – it's going to be a similar test just because I think the talent in green Bay's defense is maybe DB wise better, but I think the scheming that Philly brings to the field is going to be a little bit more of a test just because they're going to be more confident in probably doing one-on-ones with, uh, with Justin Jefferson. And I think that's going to be, have to be what they do to probably shut him down a little bit more the zone coverage was just not working for the Packers what I'm very excited to watch is the wide receiver battle that will be Justin Jefferson against AJ Brown I I mean they're both young dynamic receivers um my fantasy team loves AJ Brown that first week yes yes I had him too wish he could have gotten the end zone but I'll take 155 Mm -hmm. yards and 10 catches um PPR league yes Okay, cool. So half, you were good. half point for me. Well, so oh, dang. Sorry. Um, but I, I don't think a lot of people talk about it, and may, maybe they do because honestly, I, in, in terms of like outside of this and like score north stuff, I don't sit down and watch like first take in the mornings. Neither do I. Do that, I, I do? I'm not gonna lie. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's I, fine. I, I just, I, I just kind of, I don't know. Time. Is I'm with you. I pretty much just watch games at this point. I don't watch like. ESPN or anything on like the background or anything anymore. I don't know. Uh, in Rather terms watch Simpsons of, reruns. In terms of like running back depth and the like the committee running back committee, 
maybe this is not a hot take at all. I, I don't I'd expect it to be, but Philly's got a really good running game all around because you have Miles Sanders, who a lot of people probably are not thrilled with just for fantasy reasons over the past couple of seasons. But in terms of like actually what he does when he's healthy, he's good. And then you have behind him Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, who are both really good two and three running backs. Like that mm-hmm. is, they they each bring a little bit, and you artists I'm sure can speak on this a little bit more because you watch them closely. Um, but they each bring a little bit of their own different flair to to the field in terms of like a power runner and a like a catching back and kind of maybe an all around game. Um, and then to have that mixed with the just pure ability that Jalen Hurts has to not only throw but run if needed, or just like when he wants to, it's going to be, I think a tough day at the office for mm. Vikings defense, because they're going to have so much that they need to, to think about. We know Aaron Rodgers has been able to show that he can get it done with his legs at times. This is a completely different animal. Jalen hurts is going to be dangerous. Not something you got to be like worrisome about. He's going to be dangerous if he wants to be. So um, if the, you know, if AJ Brown isn't there, if Dallas Goddard isn't there, you know, he's going to be able to take off. So it's just a matter of, can they apply the pressure and make him get rid of the ball early? And if they make him scramble, how much can they limit him to? Because if he gets a little bit of open room, he's going to make you pay. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a really close game. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. it's a primetime game because this is going to be one of those. You want the eyes of the rest of the country watching to show your, my, Hey, my team is legit. This mm-hmm. is going to be a good game. Um, I it's and it's week one and I've already I'm already going to contradict myself because I don't take it into account. Like I don't let it be. But the fact that they were able to let Detroit score 14 in the fourth quarter to make that a game and make them sweat. I like that for the Vikings. If mm-hmm. they can't clean that up by week two, that's going to be amazing because we know what the Vikings offense can do. And if you're not that the, Detroit offense isn't good because I love Swift. Amon Ross St. Brown is oh, great. Yeah. Maul Williams is a firecracker personality wise, and he we know what he can do in his career. Um they <laughs> they have Jared Goff as their quarterback. So mm-hmm. this Viking offense is, could be a tougher test. I really want them to like smack him in the mouth on the first drive and just go out there, get seven easy. I want them going back to the sidelines and being like, What? What? <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. Um, really set the tone. Cause if you go out there and you have like a three and out or you, maybe you, you march up 40 yards and you settle for a long field goal or something like that. Um, they're going to feel confident. You got to go out there and get seven quick, whether that's pounding the rock with Dalvin cook or just airing it out to JJ, making having him get open. Um, it'll be nice to see this Viking offense against the Philly defense, because I, the Philly defense is good. I mean, yeah. that's, was one of their key factors, and I know it's not really anywhere close to the same team that it was when they won that Super Bowl. But I mean, it's we we've known what Philadelphia defense means. It's like one of those it, you, you know what they are, and I, yeah. I think it's going to be a really good test for this Vikings offense. Um, I I don't think it's going to be thirty eight thirty five. I think <laughs> it's going to be another one of those kind of mid twenties, and it's going to be a close one. Um, but it's going to be a very fun game. And I think that this, going back to your original question, this like uh, Philly defense, I think in terms of the week to week basis, rather than 
Green Bay later in the season, this will be a tougher test in week two than it was in week one. In a very long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, it was Darius Slay I was thinking of. Oh, you're thinking of Slay. I, I, get, okay. I get Quandre Diggs and Darius Slay mixed up all the time. They're like I close friends off the field. I don't know why. They're close friends off the field, too. So is, that, is that, that, may, that might be why it is. Darius Slay. Darius Slay is a very, very good quarterback. Oh, Darius, been, Darius Slay is a Former Detroit Lion as well, yes. I believe. Yes. Darius Slay is a w- dog. Weren't they teammates on Detroit? One of the Diggs I was on Detroit. so. Why? I believe Aren't they so. still on that I am happy that that Slay oh. isn't. I'm yeah. happy that Slay isn't. Yeah. I think I I I'm sure you are. So before before this past Sunday, I was very confident that the Eagles would be able to handle the Vikings at home. Now mm. I'm not going to lie. I'm not 100 percent confident. <laughs> am I going to pick the Vikings to win this game? No, yes. I'm not. I'm oh, not. I'm, yes, not. I'm just going to be honest. Yes, I'm not. Um, you know, I, I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm not going to shy away from that. Even though I do like the Vikings. I'm not going to shy away from of, of, from being a fan of my team. <laughs> to AJ's point, I do think the Vikings have a really good chance at coming out and smacking Philadelphia in the mouth with a quick touchdown because you still don't you still really can't get a beat for this offense. You still really you still really don't know. You didn't see enough in the first game to be able to, to be able to say, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do to shut them down because Kevin O'Connell is a smart, young, innovative coach that I'm sure has a backup plan to a backup plan to a backup plan for how he wants to get that offense rolling. Mm-hmm. And the Packers, even though they were decent, they didn't really test it enough to see a bunch of backup plans employed. Right. Um, so I do think the Vikings are going to be a great test. What I will say, though, is this: that game against Detroit was a wake-up call for Philadelphia. <laughs> and as a fan, I'm happy that it happened and we were still able to get out with the win. I think the fact that they were up 31 to 14 and Detroit was able to come back, even though that's not a good, even though it does not look good, I think it ultimately helps because now that defense is embarrassed. They spent so much money in the offseason. Um, James Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, you went and got Jordan Davis, you went and got Nicobe Dean in the draft, you, you went and got CJ, CJ Gardner Johnson. Everybody's expecting this defense to be stout. Um, Gannon, defensive coordinator for Philadelphia, is a guy that is under a lot of pressure because his defense was not great against great quarterbacks last season. And so there's a lot of pressure there. I do think that defense will respond probably after the first drive. (laughs) I think it's going to take them a drive to get their feet under them to see how they're going to do. I think after the first drive and maybe even so, even more so the second half, I think you're going to see a better Philadelphia Eagles defense against the Vikings. I do expect the pass rush to be a lot better. I expect them to send a lot of blitzes at Kirk, which is something they did not do in the first game. And two names that I'm watching in this game, more than any two names, Devontae Smith. Yeah. Who is a Devontae Smith is a dog. And people I don't I don't people act like Devontae Smith is not that guy. Devontae Smith is a dog. He was our number one option last season. He broke the the uh rookie receiving record with hundred, I think it was 115 yards, or I'm sorry, uh, 915 mm-hmm. yards. He didn't catch a single pass. Was he targeted in this game? He, had to he targeted, was targeted right? four times. Oh, okay. One time, I, well, I, I mean, think he had he had a, a drop. He had one play that was called back due to due to penalty. Hmm. They tried to throw him a screenplay, but Detroit was sending the house hmm. every play at Jalen Hurts so they batted that ball down at the line of scrimmage hmm. he didn't touch the ball so Devontae Smith is going to get probably more touches than A.J. Brown in this game I would assume don't tell me um that. and on the other side of the on the other side of the football Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen wasn't a big part of the offense you know in this in this previous game and I would like to think that the Minnesota Vikings defense is going to game plan how are we going to stop A.J. Brown just like the Philadelphia Eagles defense is going to game plan, how are we going to stop Justin Jefferson? Mm-hmm. 
So those are two names that I am looking out for. I think Jalen Hurts' mobility is going to be a serious problem because I do expect the Vikings to also send pressure similar to how they did to the Packers. I'm expecting them to send a lot of pressure, but Hurts is man, he's herky jerky, man. He <laughs> yeah. he can he yeah, can he can really move. Yes, he's so slippery. I think I think this is a great test, like AJ said, on national television. I think both of these teams have a really good chance at making a playoffs and making a run out of the NFC. Cause I the way the Rams looked this past week, I know it's week one. <laughs> uh the way the Bucks looked this past week, defense looked great, but offense was uh the, the you bills. know Oof. I mean I mean, hey, the way the way the NFC looks, the 49ers lost, it looks wide open. These are two teams that could really make a run at it. And I think that this is going to be a very exciting and explosive football game. If I had to put a score on it, uh, again, I'm rolling with Philadelphia. Especially at home for the home opener. I think that'll be a lot. Uh I think there'll be a lot of emotion there. I think the crowd is gonna get to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, something that we didn't talk about in the Vikings game against the Packers, the fact that they were at home and that crowd was rocking. I mean, they came out yep. with a lot of juice. Oh, yeah. I feel like Philadelphia is going to have a lot of the same things working in their favor. Right. Um, so, yeah, if I had to put a score on this, I would say Eagles 28, Vikings 26. I think okay. it's a very close game. I think both teams put up points. But I think at the end of the day, I think the the Philadelphia Eagles defense will stand tall late in the fourth quarter, get a stop, and end this thing. Mm-hmm. Age? Two quick points before I hear uh, Jason. Um, you were talking about players you're going to watch. Jokingly, no Jalen Rager revenge game. <laughs> you know, no, I, I'm not. I mean, I mean if anything, nowhere to I'm be expecting... found in the passing game whatsoever. But I, he's new, but if... he caught it. He... He was if, able to get that punt. If so, anything, yeah. I'm watching for a muffed punt, and maybe he comes back and it makes me eat my words. Maybe because he did have a a, a punt re- a punt returned for a touchdown against Green Bay. I think his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So maybe he makes me eat, eat my words. But I'm expecting him to, especially in Philly. Yeah, he might give me. A, he might give us a muffed punt. You you just you never know what Rager. Quick quick little impromptu. Write that down. He's either going to ret- he will either return a punt for a touchdown. Or he'll muff one. It's yeah. like <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. He won't no just catch gray it, area. ten yards it. and go down. It's one or the other will happen. Um, I love it. But the other thing you were talking about, and kind of at the beginning of your of, of your thoughts, were KOC. He's young, innovative. He's got a backup plan for the backup plan for the backup plan. Is what you said. That's mm-hmm. spot on. And I think this, like Jason said earlier too. I don't think there was really a point where I was watching and I was like, "Uh oh, this is going to be close." I, it was the most relaxed Viking opener I think yeah. I've ever watched. They didn't have to; they didn't have to show all of their cards. Yeah, he was able. That's to, true. He, was, he was able to throw out what he wanted to, and he kept. I feel like a lot of it close to the chest, which is great because you're, like you said, you still don't know really a whole lot about this this offense. Even so, you don't you still don't know a lot of the other stuff about this offense that wasn't shown because you just have no idea. So it's it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be such a fun game. Um, If I do have to put a number on it, though, to be official, I know I didn't really I'm going to say 24, 21 Eagles or 21 Eagles. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty torn on just because I it's this is very similar to the Packer game because I can see it going both ways I can see the Vikings capitalizing on the offensive momentum that created even the defensive momentum as well Um, one thing we actually didn't talk about too much is I'm actually maybe a little bit worried about Patrick Peterson 
Uh, he got burned a couple of few times, and he definitely got burned on the Christian Watson <laughs> yeah, drop for sure. Uh, speaking of which, um, in terms of times in w- during the Packer game where I felt nervous, the only time I actually did feel nervous was when that ball was in the air because I thought it was a- – the moment the camera got to Watson and I saw Peterson 10 yards behind him, I just was like I- – I put my hands back. I'm like, okay, this is a for sure thing. Right. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. So I want to believe that the Vikings will capitalize on this momentum. Um, I just don't know with just all the firepower that Philly showed in that first game. And to like you mentioned, man, Devontae Smith didn't even do anything yet. Imagine when he really gets going, how much better they'll even be with him. And so I think that this will just be too much of a test for the defense overall. I think Philly will get to the Vikings more so than the Packers did. I still expect the offense, though, to show up because um, I'm I'm sorry, Artis. The fact that the Lions did what they did against you. And I know that Jared Goff actually has some really nice and shiny toys to play with now. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that people like gave him a lot of crap for having to go to Detroit, but they're actually building a pretty decent offensive roster around him. He's got some good linemen around him. Amon Ross St. Brown is emerging into a wide receiver one. And I had DeAndre Swift and A.J. Brown on my fantasy team. Oh, that combo was just mm, lethal. Magnifique, magnifique. So I, so I still expect the Vikings to be able to put up some pretty good offensive numbers. I just I expect Philly to really just take it to them. Not really, really take it to them. It'll still be a close game, but I still think that the offense, uh, the Philly offense, will put up a pretty decent amount of points on the Vikings. I think this will get into the 30s for sure for maybe both teams. You know, I'm going with 34-31 final, but the Eagles, they're going to fly, unfortunately. I, I hope I'm wrong. Always hope I'm wrong when I pick against my soldiers. But uh, I just, man, the the Eagles look and look. Now that Dak Prescott is going to be out for a long time, I think the NFC East is pretty much your guys' to lose it's, at it's this a point. Lock. I know that I know that the Giants and the Commanders also won. Which man, I lost. That. I I picked the Titans in a pick'em league to beat the Giants, and that mm-hmm. was such a bad beat at the end of that game. The two point conversion, getting that shuttle pass yeah. to Saquon, and then Randy Bullock missing the forty seven yarder, <laughs> and that was a pick'em league for the full season. And so I'm already out, and uh, yeah, that's money I just lit on fire. But what are you gonna do? So yeah, the Eagles are gonna fly, unfortunately. But hope I'm wrong. One thing to keep in mind when we talk about the Lions putting up. 35 points on the Eagles. The Lions, if I'm not mistaken, played the 49ers week one of last season. Does anybody know how many points they scored? It was an, I remember it was a barn burner also. The, the Lions do this, man. They kind of play up to their opponents in a really weird way, but they also play down to people in a really weird way as well. Yeah. AJ, do you know? No, no idea. I'm trying to find it. 33. <laughs> 33 <laughs> points against the 49ers, and we, we all know the 49ers defense is great. Mm-hmm. So... Like I said, it it was a bit startling for me, mm-hmm. to use the word lightly, um, but it was week one. It was a lot of weird things happening week one. I do not believe that Philadelphia defense, after getting scorched the way they got scorched, will give up another 30-point game. I don't think it'll happen, but I could, hey, <laughs> I could be wrong. And so could I. I could be wrong. We could all be wrong. And we'll, so. and if we both, if one of us is wrong, we'll agree to that and we'll get on with our lives and we'll make more especially, predictions to be wrong about. Especially seeing as though the Philadelphia Eagles run, run game is sick and so is the Vikings. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to see both teams getting in, in the thirties, but I mean, it is, it is possible. It is, it is more than yeah. possible. That's yeah. what I will say. Admittedly, I mean, uh, listening to the Seahawks Broncos game on TV, it is kind of weird hearing Buck and Aikman on Monday night. Oh, that's yeah, going to take some is. time to get used to, yeah, but, it but it adds a layer of professionalism and like 
fanciness to it that I'm totally there for. No offense to like Steve Levy and I don't know uh, Bob Greasy. Like, I don't know. Who it's was like in you're the booth watching at the end there. It's like instead of watching um, Monday Night Football with a beer, you're watching it with a glass of wine. Oh, Cabernet Chardonnay, a little rosé, maybe. There you go. Rosé is a little sweet, but I like I like sweet wines. It, That's it, my thing. It'll get you drunk quick, though. Yeah, That's, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the important uh, thing we'll, is that we all chose yeah, the Eagles. So. Reverse jinx, that? not not a reverse jinx at all, but we all chose the Eagles to win. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not a reverse. Jinx. I did. I Vikings are going to win thirty-four to seven. I truly thought that one of you guys would sway yeah. the other way yeah. after after yeah, that first I just, game. I definitely did. As much hype as there is of the Vikings, I'm not a hundred percent sold. Even though I'm, this is the most optimistic I've been about this team after Week One in quite a while. I can tell you that much. That's yeah. for sure. But I just need to—I need to see a little bit more. I just need to see yeah. a little bit more. Um, you know who I don't really need to see too much more of, though, guys. It's the Minnesota Twins. Uh, swept by Cleveland over the weekend, and yes, they just beat the Royals tonight, and it's a Wednesday, September fourteenth, and they beat them the night before. Uh, but they're five games out still. Cleveland just keeps winning. The White Sox have lapped them, and it just felt like the air was let out of the Metrodome after that weekend. Uh, Cleveland's probably going to win this division. The White Sox are still playing pretty good, but it's as it was as deflating as it pretty get, pretty much gets for uh, for for Twins fans. So there's there's still a chance, I, I suppose, but. Oh, man, you're really going to have to just really show out in that last series against Cleveland, that last series against the White Sox, too. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, like I said last week, I was just kind of worried that we're just going to move on to football season, and, like, the Twins are giving me a, a, too many excuses to do so at the moment, <laughs> unfortunately. So maybe they can just find a little 2009 magic in them and just ride a hot streak somehow, some way, but... I don't know, man. I think I'm ready to go play golf with the Cubs, AJ. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty embarrassing for the Twins to be as bit like as high, highly touted, and like set to make a splash for the season, and then now you're at this point. It's just like, it's, even if you don't like make a splash in the playoffs, meaningful games in September is fun. These are feeling these just don't feel like they're meaningful games anymore for the twins. It's really tough. Um, but there was a tweet I want to mention. I've been trying to find it. My internet's a little slow. Um, on Twitter, Lavelle, uh, Lavelle Emil earlier today. Um, tw- quick history lesson. He says oh. in 2008, the twins were two and a half games out with six games to play in 2009. <laughs> the twins were five and a half games back with 18 to play in both cases. They surged late to tie and force a game. One sixty three. Absolutely. Never count the team out. Baseball is what, I mean, it's stuff like that. Like the miracle Mets. It it's what makes baseball baseball. And it's one of the reasons why I love it. Mm-hmm. Don't count them yeah. out just yet. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. It, it, I know fan graphs has given them like a 6% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's so you're telling me there's a chance. Yes. Could have postseason baseball in the twin <laughs> cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a lot of injuries to overcome, man. I don't think Byron Buxton's going to be back anytime soon. The Tyler Malley thing has turned into an absolute disaster. He's back on the IL with that shoulder. I don't know when he's going to come back. Um, they, they have a lot to overcome beyond just maybe a flawed roster in general, but there, there's there's a lot of other things going on, too. By the way, I want to ask you, AJ, specifically. Uh, he was at 106 pitches through seven innings yesterday do you think the twins should have pulled joe ryan and uh, or do you think he should have kept him in to go for that no hitter what do you think it's been the hot controversy the last 24 hours 
I don't know about what the conversations are like in the dugout or on the mound. He's a young guy. He can throw 115, 120 if you really want him to. It's I, I, I know Rocco's big on the analytics and stuff like that. And maybe mm. you're, maybe in his in his mind is like, well, I don't want to burn this guy's arm because he's one of our better guys and blah, blah, blah. It's – who knows when he has a chance to do that again. Go, let him right. go. I mean, get a get an arm ready. He goes out there. First battery faces the next time out. Hit, boom, pull him, done. You gotta, you gotta give him a chance. Mm-hmm. You gotta give him a chance. And, and I know the reasoning is that he's gonna pitch against the Indians or sorry, the Guardians in a couple of days, and obviously that's gonna be a pivotal series. If you don't take four out of five, I honestly think the season's pretty much dead. Um, so like the the. You know, the smart fan in me, or at least I think it's smart fan in me, is like, okay, yeah, I can see the reasoning behind the Twins, but they haven't had a no-hitter, I believe, since Francisco Lariano. That was over 10 years ago, even though I think Lariano walked like six or seven guys in that game. Uh, it's it's a spot that, you know, a lot of you know fans don't get a chance to see. Obviously, I think all of us would like to see a no-hitter in our lives, but we don't really get to choose that. He's young, 26 years old, 106 pitches. I know um, Sandy Alcantara... They tried to do the same thing with the Marlins, like, I don't know, about a month ago, and his stats have been down ever since, so I know there's maybe even some precedent with some other star pitchers in the league, but this team needs a spark. It needs a spark. It needs to get going. They, Like we said, there's a chance with them, but they need to ride an incredible hot streak to do so. This would have been an incredible spark. I know you're maybe sacrificing him later on in a series, a pivotal one against the team that's in first place right now, but just the momentum, I think, not only for Joe Ryan himself, but for the entire team would have just hopefully electrified that clubhouse. And now... We're kind of wondering, like, oh, man, what were the conversations like with Rocco? Was, you know, Ryan maybe upset about all this? We've had other Twins pitchers maybe voice frustrations about being pulled too early in games before. Now this only adds more uh, questions that we've already had about everything. So I wish they would have let him in to have to at least have the opportunity. Obviously, if it got to, like, I don't know, 130 pitches, like, of course, I know you got to draw the line eventually, but 106... 106, 26 years old. I don't know. I think he could have gone a little bit longer. That's just me, and I think it would have done good for the team. It would have energized the fan base as well. But now we're kind of just left here like, uh, all right, all right. So, anyway, the Twins. I, I want to keep talking about them. The that could have happened is the, the Vikings to look as good as they did week that, one. That, now true. it's like nobody cares. That's true. Nobody cares. That's true. If, if you aren't in a spot to, like, coast to the postseason at this point and the Vikings go do that, you're gonna have a hard time filling, <laughs> filling the right. target field. So, all right, um, yeah. exactly. Uh, lastly, uh, or at least we can also mention the Gophers a little bit too. But MNUFC, a uh, couple games over the week since we last chatted with you. One nil loss out in Portland, then a one one draw to LAFC just yesterday. Uh, uh, your favorite co-host of Taxi Squad, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Fredrickson, was at that game checking out Gareth Bale, one of his favorite players, former Tottenham Spur. Uh, hashtag COIS. Come on, you Spurs. Um, definitely not the desired outcome out in Portland. Again, that was another uh, you know another goose egg. Still, uh, obviously, you got that goal against LAFC, but that wasn't very encouraging. You definitely need to draw for sure against LAFC um, going into these last three games because, I mean, we should have some... I mean, these last three games against Sporting, San Jose, and Vancouver, those are pretty much must-win games in my book. But uh, what do you think about the week in soccer for him and UFC, AJ? 
Yeah. So going back to that Portland game, I know they lost. They were the better team for the entire night. They should have won. They they should have gotten all three points, at least secured one with a draw. Mm-hmm. It it was it was kind of a brutal ending, uh, just with how kind of the night went down because it just they had double the shots that Portland had. Um, even head coach Adrian Heath after the game was just like, "We were the better team. We should have won." There's a lot of times where I I finish up. And I know exactly what I want to talk to the guys about and what I was unpleased with and what needs work and stuff. He's like, I don't know what else I could ask them for. We played, we played well. Um, so that is an unfortunate result there. Draw, uh, losing one zero last night. V- very fun time. It was a nice breath Good. of fr- fresh air for them to compete with a team. That's number one of the Western conference. Um, Brent Coleman gets a hatter off a corner late in the first half. I want to say it was like the 43rd minute. And then Carlos Vela, who is just amazing. He had a beautiful a goal in the second half um, to make that a one, one draw a couple, a couple questionable referee moments in this game. For instance, um, Chicho Arango should have been sent off. There were, I mean, there were yeah. multiple times that he should have gone off when he um, kicked the ball over the net in that little bit of stoppage time. And even Dane was just like, what are you doing, man? It was, that I mean, started the whole thing. Clear time wasting where he had a hard yeah. foul on, I want to say it was Robin Lud, and then immediately, or it was Reynoso and then had another one immediately on somebody else could have maybe gone off there after drawing the yellow. Um, but then there was a rule in place that referees are, have supposedly been a lot stricter on, which is like the time wasting aspect of things this season. He should have been gone. Yeah. This, and Adrian Heath was every right to be up in arms because he should have been sent off. Um, and they should have had, they should have had the man advantage for the remainder of the game. Um, that wasn't the case. It's one of those it's LA. They're one of the more expensive teams. Um, and granted, this is a little more speculation than anything, but it, it's, it's pretty apparent with who they are. They're not going to get that call going against them. If that's San Jose, yeah, <laughs> their guy sent off. Um, but looking ahead to the weekend, Minnesota will be in action on Saturday as they travel to face sporting Kansas city, which is not a fun trip for them just because sporting Kansas city is it's, it's a house of horrors. For, for Minnesota, they they're they just, always a tough out, and they're having quite the down year by their standards. Yes, they actually though are unbeaten in their last five, so they're on a little bit of an upswing here. So hmm. they uh they are finding a little form in Minnesota without uh, Reynoso, Emmanuel Reynoso this weekend due to yellow card accumulation. So that will be a little tough. So we'll have to see. Um, I I expect them to get a point. I think they should. Um, it'll be tough without Reynoso, but. I don't know. They, I, I have faith in them. I, I predicted uh, on Loon Talk with Jonathan Harrison a 1-0 win for Minnesota. Very good. Very good. And I'll, I, I bet a lot of fans travel down to Kansas City for those matches. I bet you get a pretty good, decent contingent of the Wonderwall going down there, I'd imagine. I would imagine. But if you mm-hmm. aren't and you want to tune in, make sure you do <laughs> so. You can do to uh, just tune in to the Score North mobile app, which is totally free on both mm-hmm. iOS and Android. You can go to scorenorth.com, listen live on the ESPN 1500 AM uh, live listen tab, or just tune your radio to 1500 AM. Or if you have an HD radio, which a lot of newer cars do, you may have it. Mm-hmm. You might not even know about it. Just go to 94.5. So our sister station, K, uh, KS95, go to point two. And you hear us right there, and I have that in my car. It is crystal it's, clear. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's the way to go. Yes, no offense, AM1500. I love you. I always will love you. You hold a very special place in my heart, but 94.5 HD2. Woof. 
Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Pre-game at 7, kickoff 7.30? Yes, Yes, exactly. And uh, it'll be Jonathan Harrison, Dan Terhar on the call. Um, I think I'll maybe join him for the pre-game show for a little bit, but uh, they will take it away. Jonathan Harrison, I don't know if you tuned in at all yesterday. Um, Dan was out. (laughs) Jonathan had a solo call. He was joined by the of of Minnesota United, um, kind of their front office. It was it was a very good call, and he'll be modest about it. Jonathan did an, an excellent job, a very good <laughs> yes. job, um, and he always does. Yes, oh, always. But yeah, to go from being in the permanent like color analyze role to you have to step in and talk about what you're seeing for two and a half, three hours straight. I on Lutak, he was saying my my throat's still feeling it. Yeah, but, um, he, no, he, it he literally he said that job. at the end of the game. Yeah, he literally said, "Yeah, my my voice is really sore right now. I got to go home and stuff." And he did a podcast the next day. Look at yeah. him go. That's talent. Look at him go. Absolutely. Look at him go. All right, before we wrap up, last thing I want to touch on: Gophers, Whew, sixty-two to ten. Oh my goodness! Uh, Kirk Shiraka being back might be the secret sauce that Tanner Morgan needed. He is looking like. Two years ago, Tanner Morgan, and it's just oof. so. I mean, so he, when he was thirty-six, <laughs> right, right. He's only a fifth-year senior. Come on, now he's not Eric Curry. Let's be nice to him. So yeah, another dominant win for the Gophers. They got uh, Colorado, I believe, next Saturday or this coming Saturday at two thirty. Tommy's back got back on track too, a thirty-two to six win over Michigan Tech. They'll take the week off though, and their next game won't be until September twenty-fourth uh, against Lincoln, who is out in uh, California. So I think that's going to wrap up Taxi Squad for the week, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, we 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 got the Eagles flying this week. We admittedly got the Eagles flying. I mean. Let's be honest. We just want to be nice to artists. We don't want to hurt his feelings or anything like that. You know, we just don't <laughs> no. Wanna... Trust me. If they lose, my feelings will be hurt by you guys. I, okay. I can already see it coming. Well, we'll it we'll... starts with AJ like Eagles, Eagles, <laughs> Eagles, Eagles fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> I hate the effing Eagles, man. I love the Big Lebowski. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, we'll obviously have wall to wall coverage of that game, and we'll preview the next game for the Vikings as well. Hopefully, we'll. Maybe talk about maybe a little bit more twins. Obviously, I'm in UFC, but it's football season. We're here. We graded some cheese, and uh, I'm, I'm just super-duper pumped. So thank you so much for joining us for Taxi Squad. Uh, please give us a five-star rating on Apple. Check us out on Spotify as well. But if you really want to help us out, you give us a download on the Score North app and scorenorth.com. You can find Taxi Squad. Just Google it. We're right there. That is the absolute best way to support us we got artist woods over behind the glass with me we got aj frederickson probably about to go to bed get some sleep it's been a long day for him my name is jason stormer again thank you so much for joining us for taxi squad this week and we will catch you on the next ride the new era of thursday night football is here and it's only on prime video this thursday the philadelphia eagles bring their high-flying offense to houston where the texans look for an upset Pre-game coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern with TNF Tonight delivered by Little Caesars live from Houston. It's the Eagles and the Texans only on Prime Video. See Amazon.com slash watch TNF for details. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the U.K. for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.